Well, it depends, of course, on all the litigants in the um, case before the court. They all have to agree uh, to settle the case. And if they do settle the case, the court can obviously make it an order of court. But if some of the parties don't want to settle the case, the DA or the EFF, as I understand, there's already been some indications they don't want to settle, then the case will have to go ahead and there will have to be uh, arguments made about whether the court should hear the case firstly and then on the merits, of course, Mm. of the case brought by the two parties. Now, I I realize that I'm calling for speculation here, but why the Constitutional Court? I I understand also that it's uh, the highest court in the land, but why go the route of the Constitutional Court? Well, it's not that clear because the the weakest part of the litigant's uh, case is exactly the part of the case dealing with direct access because usually you go to the High Court first and then it goes to the Constitutional Court. Um, The only possible argument here is that this might deal not so much with the President's obligation but with the unique obligation of Parliament to hold the President accountable and that if you're going to deal with the unique obligation of Parliament, only the Constitutional Court can deal with the matter. No other court is permitted to do so. So if you, if you agree with that and if you agree that this is such a case, it would make sense to go to the Constitutional Court to have the whole case heard because it includes this aspect that only the Constitutional Court can deal with. Now, just also the proposal suggesting that uh, the court order the finance minister and the auditor general to determine how much he's liable to pay. Does this not um, go into the arena of clashing with the role of the public protector and her powers and also uh, parliament, as you said, to hold the president to account? Well, the, the role of parliament is really to ensure that the public protector's uh, findings and remedial action is implemented by the members of the executive that is required by the public protector to do so. So that is their role, as we now know from the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment. For the the offer that is made by the president does um, di- divert slightly from the remedial action that the public protector imposed. So for that reason, also the... The offer is a little bit controversial. I haven't really thought about this, but the question will arise of whether the Constitutional Court can just amend the remedial action of the public protector in a case where the report of the public protector is not actually being challenged and uh, the court is not asked to review and set it aside. I'm not sure about that, actually. I have to think about it. Mm. And just in terms of whether one commission or probe cancels out the findings of another. And I'm speaking yeah. here to the um, police minister who was asked to look into mm. the matter and then reported back that uh, the president does not owe any money towards the uh, you know, the refurbishments or uh, work mm. done on Ngandla. Well, if we follow the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment in the SIBC case dealing with the powers of the public protector, the court base very clearly said you cannot have a parallel process because it will be akin to, uh, say, a public body, an administrative body, awarding a tender, and then you start another process, say, in the political branch to make the same decision to replace the decision that is actually legally binding. 
And so those processes in law, according to the Supreme Court of Appeal, have no legal standing. Uh, you know, it, it might be a good uh, politics, but it doesn't have any legal uh, standing because it cannot replace the public protector's fine. Would the Constitutional Court then be uh, compelled to look at the CSA ruling on that matter to decide on whether or not to accept the President's uh, proposal? Yeah. The Constitutional Court is the court of final instance. It is not bound by the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment. Sometimes it agrees with the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment. Sometimes it disagrees with it. Um, so in this case, it will have to decide whether it agrees with it or not. If it agrees with it, then obviously the president is going to lose the case. If it disagrees with the SCA and it agrees, maybe it makes a different finding, then it can, the president can still win the case. Hmm. Um, but that is, the, that is the fact of the matter. And what would, uh, and I know I'm asking you to um, speculate again here, but what would make the Constitutional Court agree with the SCA ruling? As in, is it uh, because of the understanding or the letter of the law, or would it be based on uh, what they all find to be common cause? Well, I think the argument here, the reason why I suspect that the Constitutional Court is going to closely follow the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment, maybe not in every letter, but closely, is because the Supreme Court of Appeal found quite an elegant solution for the problem of wanting to make sure that the public protective findings and remedial action can actually be implemented and that they actually count. But recognizing that the public protector is not a court of law and cannot make an order like a court order. And the FBI said the in-between ground that they endorsed was that it's basically like an administrative decision made by an administrative body that issues a license or whatever. Until it is reviewed, that decision stands. And I suspect that is quite an elegant legal solution for a complicated constitutional problems. Mm. And just finally, will it bring an end to the whole debate around the powers of the public protector, whether or not uh, uh, her findings are recommendations or, um, are, you know, orders, so to speak? Yes. The, um, the importance of the case uh, that is going to be argued next week, if the Constitutional Court hears the merits of the case, is exactly in that. It goes far beyond Nkandla matter, which is going to be incidental. We will forget about it in time. But it will actually then authoritatively and finally set out exactly what the powers of the public protector are in terms of the findings that uh, that office makes and the remedial action that is imposed by that office. So it's actually, it's, it's quite, it will be actually quite a good thing for everybody involved to know exactly where we stand when the public protector issues a report.